0: To
1: the simple, to the You're listening to The Simple Truth with Pastor Dion Cordova of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel.
0: People from both groups were saved that day. It says that a guy by the name of Dionysus became a believer. He was a judge in the Aragothagus. And it also talks about a woman by the name of Damaris. She was just a person out on the streets. And the the reason they're mentioned, along with many more, but the reason those two are mentioned is so that we'll recognize that the gospel reaches and can reach and can change people on both sides.
1: this might be basic, but it has to be emphasized. God so loved the world, not just one specific people group. You can come from any walk of life and still be a Christian. Paul's mission was not only to reach the Jews with the knowledge of Christ, but also the Gentiles. Pastor Dion shows us in today's scripture that Paul did exactly that in his latest expedition. Jesus is for all people. Look around you. Is there someone that doesn't fit the world's mold that could really use the knowledge of Jesus today? Now let's join Pastor Dion in the book of Acts, chapter 17, as he continues his message, Not Ashamed of the Gospel.
0: At the center, just beyond the Agora, you see this little hill here. It was called Mars Hill. And on Mars Hill was where the intellectual philosophers of the world gathered. It was a place where Greek thoughts and values were actually hashed out. And it was this particular place, Mars Hill, was the trendsetter for Greek thought and values. In fact, for many years, Socrates, Plato, and Aristotle set the bar for ethics, morality, and culture in Athens, all right? And so the Athenians had lived their life around that. But then, after Socrates, Plato, and Aristotle, a guy by the name of Epicurus came along. Now, what this guy Epicurus pictured Charlie Sheen in a toga, all right? That's who Epicurus was. Epicurus' philosophy of life took the world by storm. Because his logic was, you only live once, so party like a rock star. I mean, the philosophy was, eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow you die. Now, that's what the Athenians, that was at the center of their life. That's what they lived around. It was the core of who they were. So far we have idolatry, entertainment, enterprise, And philosophy. And the philosophy is, party like a rock star. Now when Paul walked through the city and saw people so distracted and deceived that they were oblivious to the danger of eternal life, we're going to read that Paul's spirit was provoked. It was stirred. It was aroused. It was accosted by what he saw. In fact, let's read verse 16. Now, while Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit was provoked within him when he saw the city was given over to idols. When he saw the way people were living, and he saw that they were oblivious to eternal consequences. They're just living it up. His whole spirit was provoked. If a woman screamed and pointed to a burning house saying her baby was inside. Would you ignore her and tell yourself that it's not your baby? Or it's not your problem? Or would you risk your life to save the child? Paul is stirred because he knows that the Athenians are in a burning building. He can't sit idly by and do nothing. And neither should we. Look at your neighbor and say, neither should we. You see, Jesus modeled for us a love for the lost. On one occasion, after a long day of ministry, Jesus gathered the disciples in a boat. And he said, let's get away for a while. Been a long day. People have been pressing on us. The demands of ministry and people's needs, it's pressed on us. And after a long day of ministry, Jesus gathers the disciples, gets in the boat, says, let's get away for a while. But the Sea of Galilee is very small. And so the people watched which direction the boat with Jesus and the disciple was going. And they anticipated the destination. We know where he's going. So they walked around the lake or around the Sea of Galilee and got there before the ship or the little boat did. When the boat arrived, the crowd was already there and the disciples blew a gasket. They complained and criticized. Everybody do it. You're good at it. Go ahead. Look at your neighbor and do it. Flat tires all over that boat. And they hadn't been saved that long, so probably a few choice words that we won't say here. They were frustrated, tired. But Jesus had compassion on the crowd because here's what He said. They were like sheep Without a shepherd. That was the lesson. Jesus cares is the lesson. Say it out loud. Jesus cares. Good place to applaud. That was the lesson. Jesus cares. You know, there are a lot of lost and herding sheep around us. Some of them might act more like hogs and frogs than they do sheep. But they are just lost sheep in need of the good shepherd. So we need to care. Not complain, not criticize, and not condemn. You brought it upon yourself. You made your bed. Sleep on it. Wanting to pull me away from my time. They're just sheep in need of a shepherd. We have to care. There was another time where Jesus shared three parables that communicated the kind of love that we should have toward the lost. Three parables. The first one was, we need to be like a shepherd who lost his sheep. He leaves the 99 and goes to find the one. It's a love that rescues. That's the kind of heart we need to have. A love that, everybody say it out loud, rescues. The next parable Jesus used, one right after the other, the next one was about a woman who lost a coin. It was a special drachma that came off of her wedding veil. They saved them. It was a special thing. It had fallen in somewhere in her house and they had dirt floors and, you know, it's uneven and around the furniture and easy to get lost. In fact, they even laid out some of these wicker kind of mats and as flooring and it could have fallen between there. So she does not stop until she finds the coin. Jesus said we need to have relentless love and not stop until they are found. So there is, first of all, the love to rescue, a love that rescues, and a love that's relentless. She turned her whole house upside down. The next parable Jesus talked about was a father who lost a son. You're familiar with the prodigal son, the son who takes off, who asks for his part of the inheritance, and then takes it off and spends in riotous living. But when he finally comes to his senses and has spent all of the money, wasted it, and finds himself feeding pigs as a job and desiring to eat, what he's serving them because, you know, he's not making enough. He comes back home and his father restores him. In fact, the father saw him from afar off and ran to him. It's a love that runs and restores. So in those three parables, Jesus tells us we've got to have a love that rescues, a love that's relentless, and a love that runs to restore. Well, Paul took Jesus' teachings to heart. He's in this situation surrounded by the lost and he's literally provoked. He's stirred, a little agitated, a little bugged at what he sees. So many lost people and they're totally oblivious. But he knows what Jesus has taught. So he engages. He ran to the Athenians' rescue. Look at verse 17. Therefore, Paul reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews and with the Gentile worshipers, and in the marketplace daily with those who happened to be there. Paul would have probably, you know, been on the down low. This provoked him. He needed to do something. These people were in a burning building. They're going to be destroyed. They're going to be hurt. They're going to be permanently, eternally damaged. And so Paul says, I can't just sit and watch this happen. And did you notice there that Paul started in his rescue by reaching out to those that were closest to him, to the Jews in the synagogue. I would say it this way, he reaches out first to the brothers from another mother. You know what I'm saying? And he reaches out to them first. He doesn't want any of them hurt. I'm sure that you have a lot of people who you are close to, family and friends, that have no idea that their house is on fire. You've got to go in and rescue them. Look at your neighbor and say, you've got to go in. You've got to go in. Paul also, not only did he reach those who were closest to him, but he also reached out to those at the Agora, at the marketplace. Those who happened to be there, is what the verse said. People he bumped into, you know, that's who he started to reach out to. Not only does he reach out to those at the synagogue, but he reaches out those to the market who happen to be there. We bump into people all the time. At Walmart, Food King, the Post Office, at a ball game, Sam's Club. We need to do what Paul did. Make a connection. Start a conversation. Share Jesus. If nothing else, invite them to church. It's actually easier than you think. And then here's the upside to doing that. James chapter 5 and verse 19. Read it with me. If someone among you wanders away from the truth and is brought back, you can be sure that whoever brings the sinner back will save that person from death and bring about the forgiveness of many sins. Wow, what an upside. So, some will believe, just like they did with Paul, but some will berate you. Some will believe, but some will berate. Let's look at verse 18. Then certain Epicurean and Stoic philosophers encountered Paul there. At the Agora, at the marketplace where he's Sharing Jesus with the people he bumps into. And some said, what does this babbler want to say? Others said, he seems to be a proclaimer of foreign gods because he preached to them Jesus and the resurrection. So Paul, as Paul is rescuing and restoring you know, people as he bumps into them and he's sharing Jesus with them, some arrogant philosophers overheard his witnessing. And they attempted to intimidate him. They referred to Paul's message as this, yada, yada, yada. It's just a bunch of nonsense. They made Paul feel like he had a PBS mind in an MTV world. You're way out of your league here. That's the way they made Paul feel. Well, you too, you and me both will face our fair share of criticism. And here's why. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18 says, read it with me. The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are headed for destruction. They can't see it. They don't see it. They don't want to see it. Here's the next one, 2 Corinthians 4, 4. Satan, who is the God of this world, hath blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is in the exact likeness of God. So one, it's foolishness. Would (laughs) would rather be doing this. It's foolishness what you're telling us. And others... The God of this world, Satan, has blinded their minds. They just can't see it. In fact, do you remember when you were the blind person pitying the one that was offering you the message of life? You remember when you were that person? Now they pity you. fueron la cabra. They click their tongue and say, you drank the Kool-Aid. You drank the Kool-Aid. But Paul, in that, didn't shrink in embarrassment. He didn't shrink in embarrassment when they put the screws to him. Because Paul's anthem was this. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power God uses to save those who believe. I love that. So, the philosophers, what they end up doing, is they bring Paul to Mars Hill, that place where philosophers gather to hear and and judge particular philosophies and theories and logic and ideas. These guys bring Paul to Mars Hill so he can present the message of Jesus to what they call the Aragopagus. It's the judges of wisdom. Now, we don't have the time to read the entire sermon But Paul raised Jesus really high in front of all of the Aragopagus, in front of all the intellectual philosophers. In fact, Paul started with a very logical argument. It's like Paul got up there and said, if you read the sermon, Paul got up there and said, how could people who are so smart be so dumb? This is actually how he starts it. He said, see, you worship all these idols that have eyes and can't see, ears but can't hear, and arms but can't help. I mean, it's not only illogical, it's insane. I mean, you guys are supposed to be smart, and yet here you are, you're nuttier than a squirrel's turd right now. That's what he tells them. And then Paul says, but I did notice as I was walking through your city, one particular altar that was designated to the unknown God. It had no idol on it. It just had a statement that this platform was for the unknown God. So he said, so listen, you guys, you know, it's, it's pretty dumb as far as I'm concerned to be worshiping idols that can't help you. But I did notice that amongst all of them, of the 120,000 idols that you've got in your city, I noticed that you did have a place for one, had no idol, that is dedicated to the unknown God. Paul says, that's the God I want to tell you about. And he uses it as a platform. He said, this invisible God is the one true and living God who created all things, including every one of us, just like one of your philosopher heroes have written about. See, because they didn't have the Bible, they didn't use the Bible, they didn't even, you know, consider the Bible. They had their other books of philosophies and theories. Well, they had one particular philosopher that was one of their heroes that had said, we've all been created by a great creator. So Paul says, hey, listen, I'm here to tell you that Just like your hero philosopher said, there is one true living God. He is the invisible God that you have left a place for and He is the one true and only God, Paul says. But he goes on. He says He's created everybody. He's the invisible God. He is all-powerful, all-knowing, transcendent, and He is imminent. He is close by and can be reached. Paul says, if only you will abandon or repent from those impotent idols and believe in His Son, the Messiah, whom He resurrected from the dead. It was awesome. Now, do not feel like Paul wasn't nervous. I mean, think about it. He is on one of the biggest platforms and stages, Mars Hill, in the world. He is surrounded by the most intellectual minds and the trendsetters of the world. And he gets up there and through the power of the Holy Spirit presents a message about Jesus Christ. A simple message about Jesus Christ. Paul's message inspired and impacted people from both sides of life there in Athens. Judges and street people. People from both groups were saved that day. It says that a guy by the name of Dionysus became a believer. He was a judge in the Aragopagus. And it also talks about a woman by the name of Damaris. She was just a person out in the streets. And the the reason they're mentioned, along with many more, but the reason those two are mentioned, is so that we'll recognize that the gospel reaches and can reach and can change people on both sides of the spectrum. I'll close with this statement that Jesus promised. Read it with me John chapter 12 and verse 32. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. So I encourage you as a believer in Jesus Christ, as an apostle to our generation, I encourage you to keep the message flowing. Raise Jesus high. Don't shriek. Don't Slouch, don't compromise. When the opportunity comes, raise Jesus high. And He will draw all men unto Him. That's what you fell in love with. Someone that exalted Jesus Christ. That told you about Him and who He was and what He has done. And you were like a moth to a flame. You were like a, ma- a magnet that was a- attracted to the metal. It pulled you in. That's what Jesus does. So don't be afraid and don't be ashamed to lift Him up. Because when you do, He will draw all men unto Him. Father, in Jesus' name, thank You for challenging us, accosting us, I hope, as Paul was, with the reality of the people that are dying around us without You. I pray, Father, that we would consider them, those that we know, that we'd write their names down, family and friends, and that we would make a a decision to find a way to connect and share with them the Gospel. And I also pray, Father, that You'd give us the courage to share You and Your salvation and what You've done in us with people that we bump into at the market, camping, at school. I mean, wherever we're at. I pray, Father, that we would be your lights in a dark and crooked and perverse world. And Father, as we lift you up, I pray that you would show every one of us how you draw people to you when you're lifted up. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. We cling
1: to the We're so glad you tuned in to today's edition of The Simple Truth. We pray that Pastor Dion's teaching in the Book of Acts has given you new insight into the early church and brought you closer to Jesus. If you'd like to learn more about the ministry of the simple truth or hear additional messages, visit tmcalvary.com. You'll find them under the sermons tab. You can even experience the video version of these teachings at our YouTube channel. Just follow the link and don't forget to subscribe. When you do, you'll be notified as soon as we've uploaded new messages that we know will share Jesus' love and truth for your life. Find a link to our YouTube channel at our website. Once again, that's tmcalvary.com. Before we end our time with you today, we'd like to offer you the opportunity to be involved in what we're doing here at The Simple Truth. We'd love for you to join us in praying for the people who will be listening to these broadcasts, who might even be hearing about Jesus for the first time. Would you pray that the Holy Spirit would open ears and soften hearts, and that lives would forever be changed? Would you also pray for Pastor Dion and the team here at The Simple Truth? Pray that we always keep our eyes on the Lord, and that we're courageous to follow wherever He leads. Would you also pray about financially supporting this ministry? Any and all amounts given are useful and greatly appreciated. You can find out more about how to give at tmcalvary.com. Just click on the Donate tab. Thanks again for praying and thanks for joining us today, here on The Simple Truth. You're the one that we proclaim. We'll be fools for you as you work in us. May your power show in the deeds we sow. Let us join our hands and together we stand